This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. From the Sanskrit Ayur, meaning life, and Veda, meaning knowledge, Ayurveda quite literally means the knowledge of life. And to have an understanding of Ayurveda is to have a blueprint for good mental and physical health. Ayurveda is the world's oldest holistic health system, originating from the Indian subcontinent. It has been used for thousands of years to cleanse and restore balance to the body and mind. Despite it being more than 5,000 years old, it couldn't be more relevant to our modern, busy, and stressful lives. Valeria Tellis interviews Elise Rusi, a teacher, well-being coach, Ayurvedic consultant, and masseur. Elise is a yoga teacher, a well-being coach, an Ayurvedic consultant for lifestyle and nutrition, and Ayurvedic masseur. For many years, Elise suffered from food disorders, tremendously struggled with body image and self-esteem, and couldn't really live at peace with herself and others. Her journey to health and well-being started with the plant-based diet, which helped her find a sustainable and healthy way of eating. After healing her body, she found yoga to heal her mind and soul. Ayurveda came to her a little later as the latest piece of her healing process. Ayurveda is a science of self-healing, the sister science of yoga. It is the ancient Indian art of living a more healthy, wholesome life, through our diets, our routines, and lifestyle practices. Elise's mission in life, her dharma, is to help you meet your best self, to live a more authentic and purer version of yourself, and to find balance in your body and mind. Through her well-being coaching sessions, yoga classes, or Ayurvedic consultants, Elise empowers you to improve your well-being through small, sustainable, healthy diet and lifestyle changes. She creates a safe space where you feel you can be honest about your health and mindset without fearing judgment, and she will help you identify a cause rather than symptoms. Elise lives and works in Brussels, Belgium at the moment, but she also does consultations online. Meet Elise at EliseRussi.com. Here's the interview with Elise Russi. In your own words, who is Elise Hus? Ah, who am I? Uh, well, I am a 37-year-old Belgian uh, lady. I am a yoga teacher and an Ayurvedic consultant. I am also a health and well-being coach. And mostly, you know, I'm just here, and I think my dharma is just me to be here to help others 
align and connect body and mind. And I think that's really my mission now. And I have found, I'm lucky enough to have found it. Yeah, just here to help others find themselves and, you know, live, live well with themselves and others. How did you become aware of this mission, Elise, of yours? Well, I used to struggle a lot with food disorder uh, as I was teenagers and a young adult up to my 30s. Food was really something that I, I really, really struggled with. And then, you know, I was lacking confidence and I wasn't feeling great about myself. And I guess not living a really healthy lifestyle, or I thought I was, but I actually I wasn't really. And then I went through a really hard breakup and I decided my first instinct was to go to Spain on a yoga retreat. And it was enlightening. I went there and it was, I had found something that had been hidden from me this whole time. And from there, I started to have a yoga, a regular yoga practice. And I really started to get interested in what would nourish my body. Like, you know, in terms of food, what I really needed to renew, be healthy and find energy. And, and I understood that food doesn't only nourish your body, it nourishes your soul, it nourishes the mind. And if you want to be healthy in the mind, you need to be, you know, you need to eat well. And it kind of all started. At the time I started a blog and, you know, I started to really get interested. And one morning, I don't know what went into me, but I decided I wanted to become a yoga teacher. And I just went for it. And I had met some guys, some great men, not some guys, some great men at the time who lived uh, across the world in Africa. And I decided to go move there with them so I could study and really dedicate, dedicate myself to the practice of yoga and to become, to become a teacher. And then I found Ayurveda and it all started. Sometimes we think that finding the purpose, that mission in life, it's a moment in time, but it's actually this sort of journey, right? It's a process. It's, it doesn't happen that fast. No, and you know, it was really also seeing women around me, especially women struggling, you know, like yeah. struggling with food. What do I eat? What do I do? And then I had found something I really needed to, and I still need to share it, you know, like right. not convinced, but inspire people that changing your life isn't that difficult. You know, it's not, magic pill, you have to do the work, but it's simple things. I love that idea that life can be simple. And it is, isn't it? Sometimes too simple to grasp and to understand, but it's so simple. And speaking of simple, which there's another word that I really like, it's a balance. What is your definition of balance, Elise? My definition of balance would be... I think balance alignment is when, as I said, you know, you feel good, you feel well in your body and you feel well in the mind. And I think you can't separate both because they're both linked and we are one soul, one body and one mind. And if you eat well, you'll be mentally balanced and physically balanced. And it means being at peace with yourself, but not just with yourself, with others. Yeah. being at peace with your own body, you know, accepting the body for what it is, accepting your thoughts for what they are, not judging yourself for your thoughts or for who you are, and then not judging others. Right. So being right. balanced is being balanced with yourself, but also with the world around you. And that's something that yoga teaches us through the yamas and the niyamas, the eight limbs of Patanjali. You know, it's not just 
not not just with you, but with the world around you. And the more accepting you are towards yourself, the more accepting you are towards others and the world. So I think that is being balanced. Yeah, I love that this idea that everything starts here with us. So balance, if we want to see a balanced world, then we have to work on ourselves to become more balanced. And that goes for everything else, right, Liz? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, you know, like it, it, this, this exactly what you say, it starts with ourselves. And if you don't love yourself, you can't love others. Right. If you don't, if you don't have compassion for yourself, you can't have compassion for others. You know, it yeah. all starts with us. And as long as you're not well with yourself, you can't be well with others. You can put a mask on right. and you can pretend, but that's not being balanced. And it's hard, you know, I think it's, it's a lot, it's a lifetime work. You know, it's, you have good days and bad days, but it's also being able to bring yourself back to center and know yourself enough to know your patterns and know your negative thoughts and be aware enough to say, oh, I'm going that way and I know where I'm going and let, let me bring myself back to center. It just came to me recently, I think two days ago, I woke up with these phrases in my mind. It said, the only love that is true or real is self-love. And the only love that lasts is unconditional love. Yeah. And, and, and you can also have unconditional love for yourself. And it's hard and it's not every day. And you were talking about self-awareness, but... I, I, I do fully agree with that, that true love is love for yourself. And that's, again, something that yoga teaches us or Ayurveda teaches us, you know, like to be well with yourself. And the, the truth, one of the yamas, so the yamas are one of the limbs of Patanjali, one of the limbs of yogas. And the second one or the third one is uh, satya. And satya is truthfulness. It's not just the truth to others, but being honest with yourself and you know, and that's that that is be, that is love. You know, being honest in in your daily life, in your practice, in your thoughts, in in how you live. And I absolutely agree. When you extended that to unconditional self love, yes, yeah. So yeah, love being this, whatever love is, to be true, it has to be unconditional. Because if it comes from a conditioned space, then it's not true. Yeah, and same goes for others, you know, when you are in a relationship with someone or toward your friend, you love them unconditionally, unconditionally. you accept them for who they are, right. with flaws, with their, mm. the mistakes they, they might have made, and that is love, you know, it's taking yourself for others just the way they are and loving them just as they come. And it seems to me like the, the journey or the process, the movement toward unconditional love and health and everything that's good that we are looking for, it has to do with healing. So my question is, what is healing to you? And is all healing self-healing? Uh, oh, good question. So first, what is healing to me? Well, to me, healing came, I think, with food, because, you know, like food is nourishment, as I said, in the beginning for the soul, for the mind and for the body. So to me, food is the cornerstone of health. And I have people around me with back pain, with a lot of stress, with a lot of anxiety or, you know, like depression. And it always comes down to the food. 
you know, like how how you eat, what you eat, and how you taking the food. And I think, to me, it's one of the pillar of of healing. And then comes breathing and awareness of the body through yoga or through movement. It doesn't have to be yoga. It can be tai chi. It can be dancing. It can be anything. But it's like releasing whatever is blocked within. And you have different ways to do it. And I think we all have a different version of healing. But this is my own, this is what I use with my students or with my client. And that's, and in Ayurveda, like food and spice and herbs and yoga, this is healing. And then I think that I wouldn't have been able to do this work if I hadn't healed myself first. Right if I hadn't solved issues and, you know, it's still work in progress. I'm not, you know, like I'm not a saint or anything or I haven't reached enlightenment, but I've experienced transformation. And I think that I wouldn't have been able to help others if I hadn't been through that process myself. Right. So it starts with self-healing. Talk to me for a moment about spirituality and what enlightenment is to you. I was born and raised as a Christian for many years, and then and then that's something I I left behind. I'm not, I, and a lot of people kind of confuse religion and spirituality. And to me, spirituality means connection, connection to the divine, connection to the source, connection to the universe, to whatever you want to name it. And it's really feeling that there is something. And, and it's within, but it's it's stronger than us. You know, I, I am a strong believer that the universe is, it has my back, but the universe is within me and the universe is within you. So I think that spirituality is connection and it can be connection to a tree. It can be walking barefoot in the grass and really feeling the earth. And so yoga is a spiritual philosophy and then it's 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 also that it's all the yamas and the niyamas it's in living with yourself and living in connection with others so that is to me spirituality and i don't think there is one definition i think we all have a different form of experiencing and living it and as far as enlightenment is concerned when i was doing my yoga teacher training I went through a phase where I didn't understand what was going on. I felt changed, different. I couldn't find my feet on earth. You know, I was really in a very different energy. And it was actually a way of spiritual enlightenment because all of a sudden I felt this force. And I felt that I was fully supported and I feel fully supported every day. I pray. I don't pray to a God, but I pray to the source, to the universe, to my guardian angels. And and I do feel supported. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing because then you walk through life with so much more confidence. And, you know, you appeared in my life and so many other things are just popping into my life because I trust. And I think that is part of the enlightenment. And I wonder why so many of us don't tap into this, I mean, beautiful space to live from, which is trusting ourselves, what do you call, what the, we call God, source, the universe. Why do you think that is, Elise? Do you wonder? That we don't tap into that? Yeah, into trust. Because I think we live in a world of fear. Right. I think that the media, social media, I think, you know, like, 
I'm not really into politics and watching the news or anything because of that, because I think we live in a world of fear, fear of COVID, fear of the other, fear of what's going on tomorrow, what will happen tomorrow, Mm. fear Mm. of not having enough. And I think that is why we lack trust, because we're always scared of something. And when you let go of the fear and you embrace trust, only good thing can happen. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. We are living from this place of scarcity and not abundance. That's the word. Absolutely. So true. You know, rather than saying, this is all I have and I'm content and counting your blessing. Oh, I want this. I don't have that. You know, like and count your blessings and notice, you know, the list of gratitude, everything I have. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah. We have abundance of so much things, so many things. And the more grateful you are, the more good things happen. And my last warm-up question to you is freedom. What is freedom to you, Elise? What does it mean to be free? Oh, that's it's funny you asking me that question. I was reading a book yesterday about about yoga philosophy and they were talking about the more things we have, the less free we are. And I think that being free is first being content with the few things we have. And being free is living a simple life. You know, like the more things we pile up, you know, whatever it's like clothes or like books or whatever people, you know, tend to hold on to. And the more we hold on to things, the less free we are. So I think freedom is just letting go letting go of attachments and that's hard and I'm working really hard <laughs> it. like you know letting go of things and even people you know impermanence people come and go yeah. things come and go and nothing lasts and we have to accept that and the moment we accept that nothing lasts nor the good things or the bad things I think then we are free that's yeah that's Profound wisdom. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The the last, because what we do, coming out of fear, we keep adding things because we are trying to hold on to stuff, people, things, work, whatever it is, out of fear, really. That's what it comes from, this grasping. So yeah, the opposite of that would be letting go, letting everything go. Sometimes we have to let go of everything in order to create a new life, to renew, to transform. Absolutely. I agree with you. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to quit, you know, your husband, your wife, your kids, and but maybe make your life a little bit more simple. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes yeah. the way I did it, and I did it with the help of a wonderful person, I did drop everything. Yeah. I left my job. I left my city to move across the world. And because I needed transformation. And sometimes when you want transformation, you have to change something. And you know, like people, they say, oh, I don't understand, this is always happening to me, but what are you changing for that thing or that situation not to happen to you anymore? So sometimes we do need change or we need a bit more simplicity. That's something that is making me reflect a lot more about these days and you're bringing this message back, which is simplicity. I love that idea of living with simplicity, just becoming as simple as possible. So that's a beautiful message too, and reminder to all of us. Thank you, Elise. Talk to me about some of the services you offer. I saw that on your website, uh, wellness 
workshops, you have yoga and mindfulness, individual health coaching, group health coaching as well. So talk to me about these different services. So it's, you know, I, I like to, I like to have a holistic approach and, and my, and my work. So it's not just someone, it's not just a body or a mind. It's a whole, it's a whole person and a group of, of people. So I, you mentioned workshops. So yes, I do. And it's so, I do work a lot in companies and I offer yoga classes in companies. Yeah. So I think, you know, people, they live under, under a lot of stress, pressure, and, you know, they need to achieve more, they need to be more productive, and, they, you know, like, it's always more, more, more. Yeah, right. And some amazing companies offer yoga classes to their employees, so that's something I do with them. Uh, when it was, when we were in COVID situation, I would go to the companies, and we would do that over lunchtime, or maybe after working hours, and, and so that's something that, you can, I can really make a difference and really see people, you know, like open up, you know, they arrive on the yoga mat, they all closed up and they leave and with a smile in their face and you can feel the energy that has shifted. Yeah. I also do workshops on mindfulness. So, you know, just sharing with people what it is to be mindful, you know, in very simple practice, you know, going from work, from home to work, but not with the head on your phone and not, you know, like, doing something, answering email while you walk down the street, but being there, listening to the birds and, you know, very little simple things that can make your day start so differently, you know, becoming aware of others. You're stuck in traffic jam. Well, you know what? You're not the only one. We are all stuck in traffic jam and everyone wants to go to the same place and we are all in it together. And so, you know, the way you approach things is how your day will unfold or how you live your day. So this mindfulness workshop, and I include breathing exercises, I include a little bit of meditation, and that's something that really helps people release stress and tension, which is really like one of the biggest things that we are suffering from at the moment. Obviously, I'm a yoga teacher, so I teach in studio. I also give private classes, which I love because I can really, you know, I'm an empath and I can really feel what my students come with and what they bring with them on the mat. And I have these students, she's in her 60s and we've been working together for a while. And she said, she told me like, I don't have to say anything. It is, you know, mm -hmm. you know exactly what I need. And that's, you know, that's, I, I love one-on-one -on -one because it's, you know, we are individuals and we are all different and, and, you know, to really answer to people's needs is great, but group is also fine because people learn from one another, you know, yeah. they, they can also share with one another. Yeah. And the well-being coaching is really, you know, again, a holistic approach. So I think in life, there are five pillars in all life. You have your career your relationships, your spiritual life, your physical activity, and your food, your diet. And you need to have these five pillars into balance. And if one is out of balance, it's going to create imbalance somewhere else. So for example, a girl who is in a toxic relationship with her boss, she's going to come home and binge on chocolate, for example. Right. But by working on this relationship or by understanding why do you binge on chocolate and not just say, you know, what, what is the cause and not treat the symptom? Yeah. So it's like wheatgrass. You cut the wheatgrass, but it always comes back up. 
So it's really like helping people understand what is, where is the imbalance? How can I put everything back to balance so I feel whole again? I know you talked briefly earlier about the uh, yoga philosophy, the, I think, how do you pronounce it? The yamas? Is that how you pronounce it? The yamas and the niyamas. So long story short, in the Western world, we tend to see yoga just as a physical practice, you know, the postures, what we call the asanas. Yeah. But yoga is so much more than that. So Patanjali uh, wrote the Yoga Sutra. It's a collection of about 196 short verses, I think, about a yeah. thousand years ago. And it's called The Eight Limbs of Patanjali. And it makes what the what yoga is. And you have the yamas, which are uh, guidance to see certain actions uh, so you can be good to others, to uh, yourselves and to the world. So, for example, nonviolence, truthfulness, non-stealing, moderation and uh, non-greed, non-attachment. And then the niyamas would be the personal observance, uh, what we talked about, uh, simplicity, cleanliness in your thoughts, in your action contentment, self-discipline, self-study, surrender um, to the divine, connection to the divine. And then you have the asanas, you have uh, the breathing practices, you have um, a sense of withdrawal, you know, like uh, withdrawal from attachment again to external objects, you know, like and turning your attention inward. And then concentration, meditation, and then again the union. So the eight limbs, they are, they are what yoga is. And as a yoga teacher, I really try to, to, to teach or to remember, to remind my students that we do yoga, but not, it's not a sport, you know, and many people think that yoga is a sport, but it's just, it's a way of life. Well, how did you think this happened? Is it changing somehow? Are, are some of the yoga teachers now bringing back the complete package per se of yoga, kind of teaching everything and not just the physical part or has been lost? I think that every yoga teacher has some kind of a signature. And, you know, I am obviously on social media and, you know, I have a YouTube channel and everything. And But I see a lot of, you know, yoga, I don't know, how to lose weight with yoga or how to have a tighter butt with yoga and how to have you know, and I think it really defeats the purpose. And it's true that yoga is good for the body, for the posture, for your muscles. It brings physical health. Yeah. And I'm afraid that nowadays we lose the spiritual part of it because yoga is not, it's a spiritual practice. Right, it's, right. That's what yoga is. Right. It's not a physical activity. It's a, it's a spiritual practice. But, you know, like... I think the Western world has taken what, what it wanted from, from yoga. And I think it's good that people, you know, do yoga because even the physical practice has so many benefits on your mental and physical health. True. But it would, it would indeed be nice to go back to the roots and go back to what yoga really is. And again, you know, like studying the Vedas or studying Patanjali's work, it's a lifetime. With that in in mind, talk to me about Ayurveda and the three, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce correctly, the three doshas and the five elements. The three doshas. So Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga. It's a science of self-healing. 
So basically, it encompasses diet and nutrition, lifestyle practices, uh, relaxation, meditation, and you have a lot of cleansing and rejuvenation programs to heal the body, the mind, and the spirit. Again, that healing. So it's a it's it's a it's a medicine. It's a science, and it is based on the five elements. And basically, uh, Ayurveda is based that the natural elements found on Earth are found in all living things. So fire, water, earth, air, and ether or space. And they are really the building blocks of life. They exist in the planet, but they also exist uh, in our physical and in our mental bodies. So. Uh, then these five building blocks of life make up the three doshas and the doshas are called also constitution or energies. And we have vata, pitta and kapha. And we, we were born with these three. So we all have, if you want, a unique recipe and they were, they were given to us at uh, conception, not at birth, but the moment our parents made us, created us. So vata is made of ether and air. Pitta is made of fire and water. And kapha is made of earth and water. So we each have the three of us, but we are all predominant in one. One is higher than the other. And with life, with age, with the season, with whatever happens to us, we tend to have imbalance. So for example, my, my birth constitution is pitta, but at the moment I have an imbalance in vata, which means that my vata is higher. And how do I see it? So vata is made of ether and earth. So vata is very light. It's cold and it's dry. I see that on my skin. At the moment I have very dry skin. Or maybe uh, I feel very spacey, very erratic, very anxious. And so the idea of Ayurveda is to go back to my birth constitution. So to bring Vata down. So I find my unique recipe again. And you do that through food, yoga, spice. Spice I have such a healing power. It's incredible. And herbs and, you know daily practices. Wow, Elise. And how do we find out what composition are we? Oh, if we are pita, vata, or kapha? Kapha. So you can find many, many tests online uh, to have a general idea. Now it's good to take a test, but then it's good to see a practitioner or consultant like me to confirm and then to see what is the current imbalance. And, you know, like the dosha don't, they don't show up the same in people. For example, vatas are very thin and very dry, very, very, very skinny. And pitas are quite muscular, but maybe someone is pita in the body, muscular, athletic, but their vata in the mind, very erratic, you know, spacey. Mm -hmm. So seeing a practitioner really helps identify where is your dosha and how is how it is aggravated and how it shows. But to have a general idea, like, you you know, Deepak Chopra has a good website where you can take the test, for example. That's fascinating to me. It makes a lot of sense because the body's made of everything that's around us, the earth. 
And then the mind and the body, sometimes they don't match, right? Those elements don't match. Yeah. And you know what? It's really like knowing yourself again, back to the self. So an example, so Pitta is made of fire. It's basically fire. So the strong emotion would be anger when they're out of balance. They're very critical. They're very fiery, you know, like a very strong tempered. So that's when they are out of balance. And in Ayurveda, like increases like. So I was living in Mozambique where it was super hot. And I felt constantly irritated or critical. And this, this one time we were somewhere and I didn't have food and it was really hot and we were out in the sun and I just burst into like anger and I didn't really understand what was going on and then when I started to study Ayurveda I was like oh my god this is it I'm pizza pizza needs food I didn't have any food I was out in the sun of course like my pizza got aggravated and I I just like burst what I needed to do was have a bit of food go to the shade and cool off and it would have made it, it so much better and so it's really understanding how you work and who you are. Mm-hmm. And it helps them to, you know, find little solution like this. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating to me, Elise. It makes so much sense because, yeah, I can see people around me that's like that. My husband's like that. So that would be him too. Peter, for sure. Uh, can you describe for a moment? <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about him here. Um, Vata and Kapha. What would be the characteristic for those two? So um, kapha is made of earth and water. So you can imagine earth and water makes mud, right? Yeah. So vata's bodies are bigger and a bit more curvy and they have more skin because, you know, they're a bit more sticky. Uh, in their mind, when they are in balance, kapha tend to be patient, compassionate. They're good thinkers. Uh, they're really loving people, although Vata and Pita can also be loving, don't get me wrong. Okay. <laughs> when uh, they're also very calm, forgiveful, no, how do you say that in English? They forgive easily. Oh, yeah, forgiving, forgiving. Yeah, forgiving. Yeah. Now, when they are out of balance, you can recognize them because they're lethargic, you know, like the heaviness, bring them fatigue, depression, sadness. Yeah. They yeah. tend to attach to things, you know, sticky. They hold mm-hmm. to things. They're mm-hmm. quite sticky, attached to people. Like a kafa, a kafa husband, when the wife says in the evening, I'm going to go out with my friend. Oh, you know, like he wants his wife to stay with him. I mean, vice versa. doesn't have, you know what I mean. Right. So that's, and they tend to build up on weight because they tend to overeat sweets and dairies because earth and water make sweets. So they tend to go towards that. So that would be kafa. Vata is made of air and ether or space. So vata are very uh, small bones. They're quite dry. They're very, very tall or very, or very short. Uh, they're very creative, very quick mind, you know, like they quick thing. They, they do things really quickly. They're very like, you know, like on the ball, I want to say. Yeah. But when vata is out of balance, vata becomes anxious a lot of stress and fear. Uh, They're really erratic. They're really difficult for them to make any decision because so much space, so much air going on. 
And physically, when they're out of balance, a lot of pain in the joints, articulations, dry skin. Yeah, that would be them uh, out of balance. But you can recognize them with, you know, like very small bones, erratic teeth, you know, lots of space of air and then pita uh, pita are very high metabolism very clever very sharp you know pita they know they're very intuitive pita knows i mean it's true and pita you know they it's on a schedule you know like it's organized a to-do list very determined very very sharp but when they're out of balance the sharp thinking becomes a sharp tongue, mm. critical thinking, critical towards other, anger, impatience, uh, lots of, it's fire, so lots of inflammation of the skin and heartburn, acidity. I mean, that's just like the tip of the iceberg, really. <laughs> I'm just like listening to you here. I'm like, my God, that is totally my husband. And when I hear you, I think about myself as kapha. So I'm wondering if in relationships, would they work? (laughs) That's a very very good question. Yes, (laughs) because you can balance each other. You know, like kapha is very, can be, tend to be lethargic. Kapha needs to move. You know, kapha needs to be like, come on, let's go kapha. You know, like, (laughs) let's get up. And pita is there to do that. Peter is there to tell you, you know, you know, I'll kick your butt a little bit. Come on. <laughs> yes. Let's go. You know, very passionate. Let's do something. Wow. Absolutely. I'm impressed, Elise, how accurate it is. It's very, very accurate. And the thing is that this, you can balance yourself. So, for example, your husband of a pita, a pita of a husband, don't feed him spicy food. Right. It's already right. too much fire. You, he needs to cool off. Right. You as a kapha, on the other hand, you need spice because right. you need right. a good kick. Yeah. You need to shake things up, you know. So you need like this black pepper on your meal. You need that spice. <laughs> Wow, have you thought about creating even a relationship based on these elements so people can learn to recognize? Have you done that before? Do you have any kind of... With, uh, with a couple, you mean? Yeah, with couples, right? So they balance one another. It's funny because I had um, I had a friend asking me was more about food. Like she was like, yeah, but you know, how do we do with food if... My partner doesn't can't eat that, and I right. can eat that. Right. When then the spice make all the difference in terms of food. You have like the spice don't need to be spicy, but you have warming spice, you have cooling spice, so you can balance out the food using the spice. That's one thing. Right. And then, well, if you bring two pita together, it's fire, right? Yes. But then they understand each other. They understand how they work. But you have, they, they both need to be kind of aware of what Peter is. So it's actually a good idea. I never, never thought of a couple therapy. <laughs> That's an amazing, I think, because it's so accurate, so accurate. Yeah. That will be amazing yeah. for relationships, to balance relationships, because we have a lot of issues and we don't understand why a lot of people in their relationships. So, that is amazing. I mean, you're already helping a lot of people, but that would be an interesting area to add it would be very it would be very interesting and learn and also you know you know you understand yourself but you understand the other yeah my father at the time when i tell you the story of not having food and being out in the sun had he known 
He would have told me, Elise, let's go sit down, find a tree, let me bring you some water and give you a cookie. Right, right. And he would have calmed me down. Yes. So it's also good to understand the other. Mm-hmm. I know why you are on the sofa feeling a little bit lethargic because, you know, because that emotion or because, well, you've been eating too much dairy and kaffa is not supposed to eat too much, too much dairy or cold food. You've had just ice cream, my dear. Yeah. You don't have ice cream. It's making you feeling lethargic. Oh, so, my you know God. What? Yeah, let's, so accurate. Let's give you a ginger, a ginger lemonade and, you know, like not too cold, but let's spice things up a little bit or let's go have a walk and you feel better. What a wonderful application. Let me know if you do that, because I'd love to have that on my website even, to have your well, services you know, there. Really, uh, put things in writing, because that's really, I've, I've never thought about it. And trust me, I have struggled with relationship. Yeah. And had I known this, I would have just first healed myself and, you know, know myself better. And then maybe understand the other one better. Yes. And it's right. Compassion with yourself, understand yourself, accept yourself, and then you accept the other one. This is it. Everything you say is because I am in a relationship for how long now? Five years. And I have seen what you're saying happening, that the body, how it works. When he don't have any food, he gets angry. And I'm like, why yeah. are you angry? I never understood that. Why do you have to be attached to food? Who cares? But his body cares. <laughs> but I, exactly. It's, I want to say it's not his fault, but it's not his fault. Right. It's the fire and the water, the elements. It, the body needs food. Right. Vata doesn't need food. Vata can spend a whole day without eating. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. <laughs> and it's true. It's like the, the anger. I'm someone and I'm... I'm, I'm I'm getting better at it, but very blunt. I can be very direct. And I know that's my pitta, but I know now. So now I know how to work on it. I know how to balance myself. So thank you so much, Elise, for that insight. And I have seen this before, I have read this before, but you just make it very clear to the point where you have to do something about this. (laughs) You have to put it out there because it will help a lot of us to understand each other better and create more peace. Yeah, be at, be at peace with yourself, be at peace with the world and be at peace with others, you know. And as you said earlier, it always comes back to the self, not in a selfish way. Like, you know, it's not about me, 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 but it's about knowing who you are. I'm really um, excited about this because um, if you ever do anything about it, please let me know because it's so accurate. It's incredibly precise. I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before I ask them, would you like to add anything? Ah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm loving this conversation and I could talk about it forever. So no, I think I've covered, you know, like what Ayurveda is and it's so much more than what I said, you know, again, what I say is the, the tip of the iceberg, but if you can, if you can give people, you know, the people who are listening to us, like, you know, like the, the willingness to dig a little bit deeper and to want to know more and, you know, like to use that as a tool rather than, you know, some people, they pop up a pill. for everything and really like give people that there is something else out there that can help you heal yourself true yes yeah and that's that's really the message you know again simplicity and ayurveda is the most simple thing ever because it's 100 percent natural there is no side effect it doesn't really cost anything 
I love what you do because it's it's just so true. To this level of the body and mind, it's just kind of perfection to me. It's like perfect wisdom. Thank you so much, Elise, for doing what you're doing, for being open to this. What is another word for healing? Ooh, <laughs> transformation. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Positive thoughts bring positive result. If you think positively, only positive things can come your way. That's what I mean. I know that for sure. Yeah. What else do I know for sure about life is that you are your own best friend and that you must befriend yourself, the bad things and the good things about yourself. You must befriend your emotions, your fears, your pains, and the more you befriend them, the more you accept them. And that's where addiction comes from. It's just by trying to avoid them or to, you know, escape from them. So we have to befriend ourselves. And then one thing that blew my mind when I first heard the word is impermanence. Nothing lasts. Nothing. The good things, the bad things, everything is always in motion. Everything changes. Yourself, the world, your everything is always constantly changing, you, you know, and that's why we shouldn't hold on to things. You are in a relationship and oh, and the first months are so amazing and you want to stay in that state. And that's what makes us suffer because we want to go back to there, but we can't. It's impermanent. It's never going to be the same or we never, you know what I mean? It's And we have to accept that, that things end and new things start and everything moves all the time. Thank you so much again, Elise, for sharing your wisdom, for your presence, the work you do, and this openness to help others, yourself and others. It's beautiful. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. Where can we find more information about you, your services, products, workshops, and future projects? So you can visit my website. My website is www.elisrousse. So you probably write that in the podcast. So it's, yeah. I'm, I'm Belgium. You probably heard my accent. I'm from, I'm Francophone. I speak French. So it's, do you want me to spell it? I'll have the link on your podcast profile. And then you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook and on YouTube. I have a yoga channel on YouTube. It's Yoga with Elise. And you can maybe add Brussels and then you'll find me. I have started my YouTube channel at the beginning of COVID here in Belgium for, so my students could keep practicing. And I have built up on that and I have hundreds of videos. And I like that they're free for everyone to, to use and to, you know, it's my way of sharing. Thank you so much, Elise, again. And we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you so much. You have a beautiful day and... Uh, and a beautiful life. You too. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Elise Rusi and her work, please visit EliseRusi.com. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast.
Thank you again for listening and bye for now.